Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, listeners. This is ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. My name is Russ Shaw. This is Season 3, Episode 19 of the podcast. I am insensitive. I have a tendency to pay more attention to the things that I need. Sometimes I drink too much Sometimes I test your trust Sometimes I don't know why you stay with me I'm hard to love, hard to love Oh, I don't make it easy Well, I couldn't do it if I stood where you stood I'm hard to love, hard to love And you say that you need me Well, I don't deserve it, but I love that you love me that American Southern rock or is it country music? I know, right? I know. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, playing a little country here on the podcast. I know I've played some in the past, uh, but I'm kind of getting into country music again. And I don't know if it's because country music's changed to the point where, you know, I grew up in the 80s and, and, and start, it, you know, a lot of country music today is starting to sound like 80s Southern rock, you know? Like Leonard Skinner, if Leonard Skinner came out in 2013, would he be country? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, he, they are a band, Russ. Come on. Leonard Skinner is not a person. Leonard Skinner is a band. I know. I know this. Also, you know, dealing with some of my anger issues with my dad and my stepdad, you know, it just kind of was tied to country music. I think some of the roots of my hatred for a lot of country music was that. Um, I love my dad. You know, it's it's easy to say, I forgive that person, you know. My stepdad just continually listened to country music. Uh, It wasn't the most healthy. (laughs) My childhood wasn't the most uh, healthy thing. Uh, But anyway, so you know, I, I tied a lot of that anger to country music, and and it, it's, it's like somebody says, you know, you should forgive that person. It's like one of those should things, right? Like, okay, I know, I, I know, I should, and, and I do. You know, Jesus forgave me. I forgive that person. And then you hear like a piece of music, or you're reminded of something, and you're going like, ah, God, did I forgive? I, I, I'm still, I'm still angry inside. I'm still ah, right, freaking. George Strait, man, he makes me pissed off at my father. <laughs> it's, it's not like, George Strait doesn't make me pissed off at my father. I have issues. That's what's going on here. All right, it's it's not Hank Williams Jr.'s fault. It's not. It's it's me. I got to look at my own soul and 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 right get into some of that stuff. And I'm going to talk about some of that stuff today. But before I do that, um. Freedom ain't free, all right? Independence Day. It was the 4th of July here in the United States and for my fellow Americans. I, I love the 4th of July. I love the fireworks. It's it's a day that reminds me of this country, of the freedoms that we do have, of the fact that we have... Uh, one of the things I love about this country is that God shed his grace on thee, right? Um checks and balances. We don't leave sinful human beings in power for too long. That's one of the cool things about the way the United States government is set up. Independence Day, right, we have 
Memorial Day. We also have Veterans Day, the 4th of July. These are reminders that freedom isn't free. Freedom costs something. It's a continual theme throughout this uh, podcast, too, by the way, when it comes to looking at recovery, fighting our unwanted behaviors, is redefining freedom. I just got a Facebook message from a listener about that, like, way back in in episode 32, you know, season one, right? Talking about uh, redefining freedom. This podcast is in a kind of a bit of a mode of crisis right now. Um, uh, it, it costs $26 a month to keep this thing online. Yeah, man, I'm asking for donations. Truth be told, the ASI podcast, this ministry is an exercise in generosity. That's why it exists. Um, you can't help everybody, you know? But you can do a little something for somebody. And whether this show hits the ears of another person who may need it may depend on you. Uh, it's getting outside of yourself. It's breaking our habitual consuming habits and doing a little something for somebody that's bigger than yourself. Um, if you've been impacted by the message, if you like the message, if you want to see the message continue, if you have problems with the message, like, I'm not going to support Rush Shaw financially. Do you know what he said last week? Do you know what he said? Uh, ASI247.org. Like, seriously, if you feel like you can't support me financially, man, let's talk about that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. Let's, let's debate. Let's, let's chew the fat, so to speak. Uh, I really want to know. You think I'm steering people wrong? I, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, this thing has got maybe a week or two before I uh, uh, train you know, of a hundred some odd episodes, 200, I don't know, uh, before it all just disappears because there's no more money in the, in the coffer to keep it rolling down the internet superhighway. Um, so man, if you could donate, ASI247.org is the website. You can donate there, but you can also, uh, man, I'll, I have no problem with sending you an address and you can uh, mail a check or whatever you like to do. But seriously, um, freedom isn't free. Charles Spurgeon did a newsletter, man. He was like the first megachurch pastor, you know, this, this guy in London, uh, did this sword in the trowel. It's actually a, a metaphor. It comes from the Bible. It comes from the book of Nehemiah. But uh, the sword in the trowel is this metaphor that, you know what, you're going to have to fight and build, you know. Our hearts love our families. We love the people that are near and close to us. And our lives are continually building. we got a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other to fight back some of the stuff that's going on in, in our lives, right? Some of the thorns and thistles, some of the unwanted behavior, some of the, the moods and the reactions, right? So, uh, again, you, you believe in the show. Um, I'm, I'm pleading a little bit here for, for your support financially. Seriously, ASI is, is strapped for cash. It's below the E mark on the empty. So, again, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but, um, yeah, if you could donate, again, ASI247.org. 
Uh, today, I'm going to talk about something. This is some uh, stuff I recorded a few weeks ago, and it has to do with the hashtag on Twitter that was trending for a few days, and, and I found it fascinating, and it has everything to do with step three and what it means to be in the care of God. There must be something I missed I wake up in the morning just making a fist I don't call it living, I just exist There must be something I missed Yeah, there must be something I crave I try to be good but I misbehave Maybe I'm too far gone to save There must be something I Chesney on the podcast today, plugging in, being connected, right? That whole uh, behind-the-counter metaphor, I've talked about that before. Uh, does that bear repeating? I think, I think I'll do it. I think I'll repeat it. <laughs> For those of you who haven't heard it, the behind-the-counter metaphor uh, is, is a, a little metaphor, a really good metaphor that I, I stole from a pastor. It's just I just straight up stole it. I don't even remember who it was anymore. It's just it's mine now. Like if you say it more than three times, you don't have to give the other person credit. It just becomes part of you, right? <laughs> it's like, I don't know plagiarism. Uh, anyway, the behind the counter metaphor goes like this: um, everyone is kind of like a small business, right? Where you come to the small business and you meet the business merchant at the counter, right? And you do your business with the merchant and then you leave, right? Most relationships that we have are like that. Like most of the people we see on a front of the counter type of deal, right? Like we don't, we don't necessarily have everyone we know over for dinner, for example, right? You don't have poker night with uh, just anybody, I mean, maybe you do, but it, around here in the Seattle area where it rains a lot and people don't go outside as much, uh, you know, we don't tend to trust people. I don't know. It's just a different kind of culture. But anyway, so my point is that there's friends and people you know and people you may meet and people you may be in relationship with that you will take behind the counter, right? Again, going back to the merchant of the store analogy, there's a few people that the merchant does business with that are going that he's going to bring behind the counter and they're going to see his behind the counter operation, right? Like he trusts them to do that. You don't bring people in the back office, you don't bring people into into intimate parts of your business that you don't know. All right. Now, People are like that, and what I've noticed about addicts, not all addicts, all right, right, I'm not, I'm generalizing a little bit here, 
But for the most of us, and for the most part, we tend to not let a whole lot of people behind the counter in our lives. And that's why we tend to struggle with addiction. It's one of the reasons why. Um, the fact that we struggle with addiction is basically an impulse control problem, going into a little psychology. We have impulse control problems, and it, and it has to do with how we manage stress. And a lot of the reasons we don't manage stress well is because we don't talk about some of the deeper stuff, issues in our lives with anyone, right? We don't let anybody behind the counter because we've done that before, and those people have hurt us. And so I'm going to close up on myself and just shut the door to the back office and not let anybody in, and that's not good for you. All right, so that's the kind of the point of recovery and being in relationships with other people and going to a group, whether it's a men's group, women's group, 12-step group, whatever it is, that you have some kind of behind-the-counter confidant type of relationships with people that you can trust and that you feel safe being naked around emotionally, so to speak, right? It's one of the reasons people struggle with sexual addiction. This is another kind of a manifestation of wanting to be naked and wanting people, right, to be intimate with, and, and you know, someone that, that would share your <laughs> your parts that you don't show the rest of the world, so to speak. Uh, there's just something to that, I, and I'm I'm generalizing a bit, I know, but uh, again, this is why groups are so incredibly important. All right. Again, going back to Patrick Carnes' research, it is it, it is the people that did that. Like that's one of his turning points. Like that's one of his proofs of success. There's people that didn't have success, and there's people that did. And the people that did have success let people behind the counter. All right. But why do we sever those relationships, and why do we shut the door to our behind the counter life? And there's a, a, a hashtag on Twitter that's been trending for like three or four days now. And I thought it was fascinating and I wanted to t read some of these tweets because I related to a lot of them and, you know, maybe you're just sensitive. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of addict types, right, type A's, whatever you ever want to call us, are just worshipers on a different level. I really see it as that. Like maybe we have a different spiritual connection or a different we're on a different frequency spiritually than most people in the world. I don't know. But when we get hurt, man, we tend to lash out. We tend to, you know, just isolate. And it's just not healthy. All right. But why? The reasons why? Why do we do that? And that's what I wanted to talk about with this hashtag. And the hashtag is reasons we stopped talking. Right, that's the hashtag, all one word, and this is what's been trending for like two or three days in the United States here. One guy says here, uh, reasons we stopped talking is you changed completely, <laughs> right? You changed completely, and I don't know if I can relate to you. You ever feel that way about somebody? Like, I'm not sure I can trust you. You're so freaking different. Some of you guys in, in Texas and around the Bible Belt area can relate to this. There's some folks who get religion, all right? Like, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus, but I despise religion. 
And there's folks that, you know, well, you know what? I'm going to turn over a new leaf and I'm going to become this kind of religious cat and I don't do bad things and I don't say swear words and I don't drink and I don't go to see those movies and stuff like that, right? Like they'll just try and adopt that lifestyle and, and we don't, you know, I don't know. That's just me. I just don't, I have a hard time trusting that cat. And if I'm going to go into relationship with that guy in a behind-the-counter kind of relationship, I want him to be honest, right? Are you being honest? Like, are you really, are you really talking about stuff like deep behind-the-counter stuff, or are you just throwing stuff out there so we won't poke around and ask you about the real stuff, <laughs> right? Like, people go through radical changes again because of they're trying to manage their stress in a certain way, and. Uh, I don't know. We, we need to learn how to communicate with grace and love with folks like that and not judge them so much. Um, so, I mean, that's basically what, what a lot of these tweets are is huge changed completely. Like, that is a judgment call. That's one of the uh, top tweets, by the way. The top tweet of it all is you changed completely. Um I was easily replaced. That's another one. Again, coming out of a judgmental heart, judgmental soul. I felt like I was just replaced. Like you just did away with me. Uh, found someone else to, to let in behind the counter. I don't know. I mean, some of these are romantic relationships, right? And We feel that way about our spouse or, or a boyfriend, girlfriend. We're not, doing, we're not good at relationship because we kind of start to think that way get them jealous thoughts and that controlling freaking monster rises its ugly head and we think that she shouldn't talk to that guy just feel threatened by our spouse or girlfriend talking to some of the opposite sex man I get that um, I got tired of making all the effort friendship works two ways if I'm the only one trying why bother that's another good one too. I've noticed this doing some of the work I do in recovery on a, on a volunteer type of basis. Doing this podcast, there's folks who, you know, and I've said this on the podcast before, like I can't be in a kind of personal relationship on, a, on an email or tweet basis or whatever it is, right, with everyone. I just, I just can't. I just don't have time. I love my family. I've got my community group and folks in my church that I'm trying to connect with and 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 the, I mean I love emailing folks back and forth but I can't possibly have that tight of a relationship with everyone all right and, and I pray that you have some grace with me on that but I can't I can't be your behind the counter guy over the internet all right you need someone in your where you live someone in your life someone in your city maybe in your sphere of influence, some of you could talk to face to face, eye to eye, right? You you, you kind of need that. It's very true. But I felt this way about some folks just, you know, in my early days back in 2003, really just starting to get into church again, you know? And at that point, I didn't even know if I believed this stuff, right? I was really investigating some of my faith and it was like, you know, all right. I'm doing all the effort here. These folks want nothing to do with me. But the truth is, um, we're all broken, sinful human beings, and it, it's not all about you, all right? It's something I had to remind myself of. 
I know, I know. I'm peeling my heart open for you. That doesn't look pretty on the surface, does it? That's not going to win me any votes <laughs> running for mayor. I just think all my relationships are supposed to be about me. So I tend to say things like, I got tired of making all the effort. Friendship works two ways. and You're not doing anything. Reasons we stopped talking. You act like you cared, but you honestly didn't. And I was sick of that. <laughs> because I am so stellar at uh, being a friend. Um, I don't know. Another one for the hashtag uh, reasons we stopped talking is uh, you're just mean, <laughs> right? That's a good one, but it's open for interpretation, right? Um, we need to unpack that a little bit. Like, what does that mean? You sit down with somebody and go, okay, reasons we stopped talking, you're just mean, let's, let's talk, let's chat, let's, uh, let's do coffee. Let's have a beer. I don't know. What do you mean by that? Um, I guess it depends on, on right, relationships and, and who you're talking to. Uh, sometimes, right, addict types, type A's, again, I'm generalizing, but stick with me here. We have a sensitive heart and a sensitive soul. And sometimes when we take a relationship and it starts getting to that kind of behind-the-counter place, right? And maybe someone calls us on our stuff. We, uh, we don't like that. We think they're being mean. And instead of receiving it or even disagreeing with that other person, we just kind of, yeah, nod our head, uh-huh, yeah, whatever. And then we just, you know, somewhere in our mind, we become shut off to that person, Right? We're carrying a little piece of debt against them because of what they said to us because we think they were mean. And can I tell you something? And maybe they are, and you don't know the situation. And sometimes you can have friends that aren't the healthiest friends to be around. And I talk about that a lot in this show. Uh, having a good set of, of guys or, or gals, right, that you're, you're in cahoots with, so to speak. People that are your tribe. Uh, it's important, man, because we're all conformists. We are. This anti-conformity thing is just a myth. Conformity is not a, a, an option. It's something we do as people. It's like people can become feral, right? Like a feral cat. A feral person is that person with that. It's a psychological. It's in social psychology. It's called immune neglect. You can Google it. It's pretty interesting. That person who has uh, broke down their psychological immune system to the point where they cannot, you know, they have a real hard time being around other people. And ultimately, they have a real hard time just being in general. <laughs> the ability to just be. It's a more spiritual than psychological in my view. But anyway, again, going back to this, this topic, you're just mean. If your friend always tells you nicey-nice things about yourself, they're not really your friend. Right? The book of Proverbs, there's a lot of Proverbs on that, right? The, the stinging... The stinging words of a friend are better for your soul than, you know, just sweet words. Your enemies will give you sweet words. 
you ever hear that saying, um, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer? Because we love to have our ego stroked, don't we? Especially men. <laughs> You're just mean. <laughs> uh, you threaten my ego. Anyway, uh, here's another one that goes along the same grounds. Reasons we stopped talking. Marriage killed our romance. Now, for a lot of you men out there, for a lot of you married men, um, you need to love your wife with friendship and connection. You know? We look at our relationship with our wives and we think about sex, a lot of us, don't we? We have a sexual appetite and that thing needs to be fed and I need to get mine and we don't realize that, you know, a lot of what the Bible talks about, the whole book of Songs of Solomon talking about how good sex is, but also the fact that it's a byproduct, right? It, it is a reward for a deeper connection. We want sex and instant gratification and we want to blow our load and our women want, I mean, they want that too, but when it's, and, and, and it is this way for us too, when it's in connection with the relationship where we get along, we're learning to love each other, we're learning to be friends with each other, we're learning to make connections and talk and chat and, and just have life stuff we can share, then sex becomes better. It becomes, it becomes tolerable for women in a lot of right? In a lot of ways. I don't know. I just throw that out there. You will get a lot more and better sex, right? Lovemaking, sexual experience, when you find reasons to become friends with your wife. Now, this takes some unpacking, too, because, you know, a lot of guys are selfish, and I want to take her on a hunting trip, or I want to take her golfing, all right? You're, I don't know, maybe some of you guys are married to that gal, but that's pretty rare. I have a friend of mine, and, and she goes out with her husband and, and, and kills deer. <laughs> it's just, you know, they get all excited, and they bow hunt, and they rifle hunt and stuff like that and she's just totally fine with killing Bambi <laughs> it's just not a lot of women are willing to do that this is kind of something she's into and she connects with her husband by doing that right but that's pretty rare another one's golf you know I know another guy him and his wife started golfing and, and she didn't really want to at first but she wanted to kind of be around him so she found out that she's pretty freaking good at it you know and now she golfs with him and she golfs with, you know, she's got on a, like a little team and stuff like that. And it's, uh, that's awesome, right? But sometimes it doesn't work. You know, we try and connect and, and it just, like, I'm just not into this. Uh, ladies, your guy is probably not going to want to, you know, do some of the girly, like, shopping at the mall. I, I don't know, man. I try. It's, it's, especially when you don't have a lot of money. And I don't know, my wife wants to go shopping for clothes and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, something I taught my son that, you know, sometimes when you're just can be there for her through this and not complain about it, I mean, that's good. It's, uh, it's loving her by being present in her shopping. But I don't, you know, it's not something I'm going to want to do every weekend, right? Besides, we'll be in the poorhouse if we did that. That's <laughs> wouldn't be spending our money being good stewards. But, uh, 
anyway, you, you get what I'm talking about, right? I mean, shopping, eh, not something I'm into. Uh, but we find other ways to connect. I, I, my wife and I don't have a lot of things in common, you know? So I used to joke around about it. I mean, we, we have the same kids and we got married on the same day. That's things we have in common. But we've learned to find other things that we like and that we can share and that we have in common, you know? And we can talk about and chat about and have connections over and smile and laugh about, right? If your relationship is dead, guys, you need to be the freaking... You need to get your... You know what? Be the instigator in bringing romance back to your marriage. Stop making excuses. Well, she's just mean. Well, boo-hoo. Welcome to relationship in the 21st century with sinful, jacked-up human beings, all right? You find the perfect woman, don't marry her because you're going to mess her up. Your wife ain't perfect. She's got her flaws. Love her, right? Ephesians 5, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I'm sick and tired of whiny freaking Christians, you know, complaining about their marriages. Do it, man. Stop making excuses and work on things. Find reasons to break down them walls. You know what? You need to take your little debt, all your list of stuff you have against her, and flush it. Work some of that stuff out that needs to be worked out. But, man, you need to learn to connect with your spouse. And you need to make a decision today to stop with this, you're just mean, right? This life is full of thorns and thistles, guys, and we are to cultivate, all right? And that means there's going to be some work involved. And we're going to have to get off our ass, stop playing plank and speck, with our spouse, roll up our sleeves and, and get to work. And even when our flesh doesn't feel like it, we press forward anyway. You get up and you start to cultivate and you start to pull them weeds and then you start to see the difference and usually it gets worse before it gets better, right? You're going to poke your freaking thumb on a prickly something and say a swear word or two. There might be some loud, I don't know, man, what's it going to look like for you? But you need to do this. You need to take some initiative and do this. Stop playing plank spec. Stop looking at her all the time. Get the freaking judge off the throne. Put Jesus on the throne and realize that you're both sinful human beings and you both need Jesus. And God is love and through love God created, all right? God didn't create love. God is love. And out of love, God created. And that is the cultural mandate. And that is getting to the raw bottom of the freaking raw earth of growing your marriage moving forward. Okay? Love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Your life can be better. Your relationship can be way better when you stop navel-gazing and staring at yourself and thinking about how you ain't getting yours. Man, your life ain't about you. And that's the good news. Because if it's about me, I'd have destroyed myself by now. Giving my flesh everything it needs and wants. No. 
my life is better because I've denied my flesh and I've had some, right, invested some over here and, and I'm talking about relationship, right? That hashtag trending for three days on Twitter is just, it shows a kind of uh, a brokenness in the human heart, man. Here's another one. You couldn't pick out what girl you wanted, so I decided for you. And that could be a good one, right? Some of these relationships. You know, if, ladies, if you're with a guy who can't make a decision, um, if you're waiting around years of dating for him to pop the question, uh, you know, maybe you, I don't know, maybe you got to make the decision for him. And I could go on and on on this hashtag, but I won't. It's basically the same things being rehashed over and over again. And that is, I'm the point of this relationship and you failed me, right? Having a relationship with God is realizing that we're not the point, that other people can't be idols, right? Getting into relationships, getting into groups, I think a lot of times we feel like those people failed us. Why? Because they're gonna. And because they're not God, right? There are other sinful human beings have their own problems and their own hang-ups too. All right? You get in there with them. If you find the perfect group, right, of people that are just all supportive and are all patting you on the back and are all your, you know, pom-poms for Jesus with you, um, you find that perfect group, don't join it because you will mess it up, right? Because <laughs> you're not perfect. And, and, the, and the truth is, is that that group doesn't exist because we're all leaning on his grace. We all need God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness. All right? That's just the truth. We are not perfect. We are flawed human beings. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. I pray that you find a group that's about Jesus, right? Where the people are talking about Jesus, that he is the point, that we would explore our relationship with God through the God-man who walked this earth, right? For God who put on human flesh walked this earth and had some things to say and loves us enough to, to help us through our stuff. Truth be told, if Jesus is the point, then we can be ourselves. If Jesus is holy, if Jesus is up and highly exalted and we love and worship him, we can be honest about where we're at and how he's changing us, how he's moving in our heart, how the Holy Spirit's doing his work, doing the really heavy heart work of being honest amongst other sinful human beings. We can be honest if we get off the throne, right? Realize that we are the clay. He is the potter. I mean, it's just, it's a freeing experience when you can be honest, when you can talk about your heart, when you can talk about what you really worship, right? Help me worship God better because I keep falling back towards this thing, right? Say that a group of people, man, it's just, it's just honest. It's real. And other people struggle too. The church is not a building. The church is people. Right? I love you guys. Until next time, bye. There must be something I missed. I wake up in the morning just to make it a fist. I don't call it living. I just 
must be something I missed Yeah, there must be something I need Something in a cage that wants to be freed I should be happy, but yes, indeed There must be something I Something I missed I wake up in the morning Just making a